Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is out. Tony Kinnon is here. So a uh, big Twitter dump this week. The corporate media completely ignored it. I mean, the headlines are huge. Uh, the corporate media basically ignoring the Twitter file drop that exposes the FBI colluding with Twitter. We're going to go to the drivehubler.com hotline and bring on Emma Jo Morris, a political editor from Breitbart. She's been covering this from the beginning. And when I say the beginning, I mean the real beginning. She worked for the New York Post and broke the Hunter Biden from hell laptop story. Emma Jo, welcome back. How are you? Hey, how's it going? Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be back with you. Um, before we get an update on what uh, what Twitter and what the the latest file dump was, can, can we just can you take me back to the craziness of your career? I know we kind of did this before, but tell me specifically, was it Giuliani that gave you Hunter Biden's laptop, or was it a copy of the hard drive, or or are you allowed to say exactly how you came across this this piece of information? Yes, of course. It's all public, and I'm happy to talk about it. And yes, craziness of my career is a good way to put it. Um, So Giuliani, yeah, Rudy Giuliani was the first person, aside from the computer repair shop guy who originally had it, uh, Rudy was the first person to to get it from him. He reached out to Rudy's lawyer, and that was how they got it. Um, And Rudy opens it up and sees that it's full of documents pertaining to the Chinese Communist Party um, and China in general. And so he brings in Steve Bannon, who is obviously, you know, the big China expert, especially on the right. Um, He is, you know, very focused on the CCP in his work. So he brings in, so Rudy brings in Bannon. And um, the way I got brought in was through Bannon. So I was friends with a guy who would go on to work with Steve Bannon. He wasn't working for Steve when I met him. Um, he was just a guy in New York who I was friends with, um, not working in politics or media. And he had a hobby of politics and eventually went on to go work for Steve. So Steve Bannon gets brought in by Rudy. This is about four years after I had made this friendship. I did not know Steve Bannon. Uh, but yeah, Rudy brings in Steve Bannon. They're talking about getting this out to the press. And my friend said, hey, you know, I have this friend who I've been friends with for years. She's now the editor at the New York Post. She's going to do a good job with it. You know, call her. And then I get a call from Steve Bannon saying, hi, this is Steve Bannon. <laughs> I have a story that's going to change your life. Um, yeah, no and kidding. Here we are. <laughs> and so, I mean, did you have to spray down the laptop? I would have taken a. <laughs> I would have. Yeah. I would have emptied a, ble- a Clorox, a thing gonna... of Clorox bleach wipes before you opened that thing up. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I know. <laughs> I wish. I wish I had some sort of like child, uh, <laughs> child filter on the thing when I was going through it. It's pretty raunchy. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, it was intense. I mean. It was really intense. Obviously, there's a lot on there, a lot of it not relevant to the news. 
you know, I wasn't interested in just humiliating Hunter Biden. That um, I wasn't interested in Hunter Biden actually at all. Uh, I was interested in Joe Biden. And if you look at my reporting, it's only pertinent to Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't talk about anything having to do with solely Hunter, let alone his personal life, his sexual proclivity. Right. None of that is of any concern to me. And I don't think it's of any concern to the American people. I don't think it's newsworthy. Obviously, it's salacious. Uh, maybe you could be interested in it, um, but it's, that's not, you know, I, I was wading through all of that to get to the stuff that I thought was relevant to the election, which is what I was reporting for. Absolutely. We're on with Emma Jo Morris, political editor over at Breitbart, formerly of the New York Post, earning a claim for the laptop from hell scoops regarding Hunter Biden. And uh, one of the things that's, that kind of hits me whenever I'm doing a lot of political research and writing stories in education is that I usually come across a piece of evidence that's just so damning as I'm reading it. It's like your eyes go wide, um, mm-hmm. almost like uh, in Ratatouille when the French guy's reading the will. I don't know. It's like his eyes get wider as he's reading it. It gets worse. What was that moment for you when reading this evidence? evidence, this information uh, when you were looking at this laptop? Oh, God, there are a few of those moments, but I think, so the 10% for the big guy thing is funny because, so, you know, if your listeners aren't familiar with what I'm talking about, that was the infamous line that really made, like, that really stuck with, with the public, I think. Um, the, the 10% for the big guy? Is that what you said? Yeah, okay. we were reporting on a deal with the Chinese uh, Chinese Energy Corporation, which is, uh, you know, basically a subsidiary of the Chinese Communist Party that Hunter was doing a deal with. Um, and uh, and it's going through the breakdown of, like, equity for the deal. And it says, it outlines, like, all the people who are getting basically a cut. And then um, it, it says at the bottom, 10% held by H for the big guy. Yeah. And I was looking at it, and, like, I was on the phone with my editor-in-chief, and we're looking at it, and she goes, oh, my God. And and I was, like, I didn't even, it took me a second, and she was like, who's the big guy? And all of a sudden, she said that, and my heart sunk, and that was that moment for me where I was like, yeah, I bet oh, it my did. God. Yeah, this is this is this is killer. And, and so I remember the last time we talked to you, and we definitely want to get to why this latest Twitter dump uh, from Elon Musk and some of these internal documents that have been released are relevant from this week. But um, I, I'm really glad that you mentioned that you weren't really interested in all the the gross pictures and the the sexual stuff with Hunter Biden. What's really at stake here? What people don't understand and why this laptop is really important um, is exactly. Exactly what is on it involving Joe Biden, uh, him being compromised by uh, Russia, by China, maybe even by Ukraine. And um, I, I, I want to know if you if you think that um, because this information was suppressed, that, you know, in your opinion, I know you're a reporter, you have to kind of be objective about this thing. But could the election uh, have swayed the other way in 2020 if we had known what all was on this before <laughs> the story and the New York Post got banned off social media? Mm. Yeah, well, that's it. it. It really like metastasized into a scandal that I wasn't expecting. You know, I thought I was going and reporting about Joe Biden and his financial interests in various countries, and it turned into that plus, um, you know, a, a censorship conspiracy of historic proportions. 
So that was weird. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's, uh, it's, um, listen, we, we got, you know, the point of this is to expose corruption. Yes. You know, I thought I was exposing one element of corruption. It turned out to be exposing a number of elements of corruption. And albeit it's, it's definitely had its uh, political ramifications, which, you know, it's hard to summon the rage when you think about what happened and who was involved in this and how, how totally um, unjust and, and disgusting and what a betrayal it was and all of that and how it impacted the election, which it absolutely did. Uh, but, you know, as a journalist, there's something to be said for um, being interested in exposing corruption, you know, and if that is my, you know, I'm Canadian, if that's my raison d'etre, you know, if that's my purpose in my career, then then I've done that. And unfortunately, it has come at the expense, perhaps, of a totally fair election. I don't believe that it was. I really don't mm. believe that it was because of this, obviously, because of this. I'm not talking about ballot, whatever. I'm talking about censorship. Um, and, and yeah, I definitely think that that skewed the election 100%. And there is polling that shows that. Mm. But, you know, I did my job. <laughs> You you did and you did it well. Well, let's if we can. I'm, I'm going to take a quick break here because I want to leave plenty of time to talk about what the uh, internal documents that were released on Twitter this week had to say in terms of the FBI working with the social media platform. Can you stick around for just a quick second, Emma? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Let's do it. Emma Joe Morris, a political editor for Breitbart. We'll be right back. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Okay, we're back for a second segment here. Emma Jo Morris, political editor for Breitbart. She was working for the New York Post at the time, breaking the Hunter Biden laptop story. And uh, the first time we talked to you a few weeks ago, Elon Musk had just put out through Matt Taibbi, a journalist, um, internal Twitter documents and emails kind of showing what we all knew to be true, that there was definitely uh, suppression and censorship of your story in the Hunter Biden laptop. But since then, since we've talked, Emma Joe, you've probably learned a lot more about what was going on inside Twitter and how they were working with the federal government uh, to suppress this. What did we learn this week and, and what has surprised you? Oh, yeah. I mean, this week was explosive. This was, um, in my opinion, uh, the worst revelations yet for wow. Twitter and for the U.S. government, um, because it showed that Twitter was really not a private company at all. Twitter was almost like a proxy or an extension of the federal government and of the security state. Um, why do I say that? Well, we learned that not only was the FBI working with Twitter um, as two separate entities working together to guide censorship of the New York Post and of legitimate and true reporting from the New York Post, but also we learned that Twitter was a hive of former agents. Um, Twitter had up to like 80 agents employed, um, and they even had their own Slack channel. It was enough of a group of, of FBI alumni that they had like a little click inside of Twitter. And, you know, who were these people? These were not paper pushers and interns, okay? This was Jim Baker, um, who I think we spoke about last time we yes. were on together. 
um, you know, deputy counsel of the FBI. So imagine this. You're, you have Yoel Roth, who is one of the chief censors at Twitter. He's the head of trust and safety. He's approached by the FBI. What do you do when you're approached by the FBI? You go to your lawyer. Okay. Yoel Roth goes to his lawyer. Who's his lawyer? FBI. <laughs> so imagine that dynamic. Imagine the big happy family that starts to, to form, which is what we got a glimpse of in this reporting, right, is is they're all working together, they're all pals. And, you know, this is so corrupt because a, a company like Twitter, which is um, a platform for news, a platform for speech, sharing ideas, sharing information, um, you know, obviously has 300 million users, but also of those users, um, you know, they're members with outsized influence, like, you know, it's the main platform preferred by editors, right? So you have this company that's in charge of all of this communication, all of this dissemination of information there. They should have, if we had a healthy and functioning situation, they should have an adversarial relationship with the FBI, right? Like the FBI should not have any sort of hand or any sort of friendship with a company like that. Well, that's what we were led to believe for so many years, right? That Apple and that Twitter and all of these Silicon Valley companies, Google, were working directly against uh, the federal government, local governments. If they were asking them for private information, they were supposed to tell them no and all of this stuff. Yeah, that's a farce. Such a farce. Not only is that not true, but they were employing half the bureau. You know, so what we learned exactly is that it was actually the opposite of how they were portraying themselves. I mean, I can't speak for Apple, but we're talking about Twitter. It was the opposite of any of that. They have no respect for the First Amendment, no respect for the Fourth and Fifth Amendments. Keep in mind, Twitter also has functions like DMs where you're talking privately. You have a right in the United States of America to talk privately without the eyes of the federal government on those conversations. They took no respect for any of that, uh, no respect for any of those functions and and that role and they just essentially tossed the keys to the fbi um it was so disgusting so egregious and then you learn that the fbi was really like you know the, the journalists who reported this twitter tranche said use the word priming the fbi was priming uh people who work at twitter like Yoel ross but listen, I don't even buy that because somebody in his position would have been aware of the hiring uh, patterns of the company and would have been aware of who he's working with. I mean, at least Jim Baker, right? So it's like Twitter as a company wasn't just like like a five-year-old led into an ice cream truck. You know what I mean? They yeah. were totally cooperating. And you were one of the first to, to report on Jim Baker, who, from what I understand, was was actively uh, censoring what Matt Taibbi was putting out before. Mm-hmm. Like he was looking at the information Elon Musk was giving him before they gave it to Matt Taibbi on that first Twitter dump, which then you know Elon Musk promptly fired him. So it was it was you know suppression was going on all the way up until that first Twitter dump. It's amazing to me, and it's amazing to me that the media. Uh, uh, was more concerned about Elon Musk taking certain liberal journalists off its platform for a couple days than it was reporting this actual story that you guys have been all over and you continue to work on it. Emma Joe Morris, where can people find uh, more of your work? Yeah, um, I'm at Breitbart, my byline at Breitbart. I'm on Twitter, Emma Joe NYC. Um, and that's a whole different conversation. Listen, the media, that is something yes. else that we'll need to book another time for. Happy holidays. Hope to have you back on the show real soon. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. Merry Christmas. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. We'll be right back.